Hey, can we all stand up? We want to say hello to everybody. Welcome. I'm Pastor Miles. God bless you. If you're new here in all the campuses, if you're first time, just raise your hand. We can see you and God bless you. Let's bless all those people. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. God bless you. Uh, we are so excited for today. Uh, I want to read something to you. Uh, we're reading through the book, uh, the Bible, the book, the Bible. <laughs> and we're in the book of Acts today. And I want to read this verse to Acts 1.8, which is uh, the verse for our, our vision statement. And it's really Jesus' vision for his church right before he ascended into heaven. After he died, he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. And right before he went, he said this. He says, uh, you shall receive power. Everyone say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Basically everywhere. Right? So we want to pray to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God would give us power. We're not here to do religious things and get information. We want God to change our life. And so he can flow through us to change someone else's life. He does the change. Can I get amen? Amen? Amen. Okay, let's go. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Uh, we want uh, the Holy Spirit to fall upon us in all our campuses, all, all online, all over the world. Give us power, your power, that you may do something supernatural in the lives of the people that we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the next person next to you and say, you need power. <laughs> amen, amen. Are y'all ready like Freddy? <laughs> yes, get your Bibles out, get your Bibles out on the count of three, say word. Uh, I, I believe, I believe, I believe that whenever you hear someone say word, you just repeat it, right? <laughs> One, two, three, say word. Turn, turn to Hebrews, Hebrews, we're going to be in two books, Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, and while you turn there, I also want you to get out of your bulletin your lesson plan and the green all-in pamphlets. Three things, Hebrews 11, your lesson plan, which is a little white piece of paper, says the testimony on top, and the rest of the bulletin you can put under your seat, under your legs, somewhere in the back of your Bible. Your lesson plan, Hebrews 11, and this green pamphlet all in, the testimony. Say amen if you're ready. Say amen if you're not ready. Okay, we'll wait. <laughs> we will wait. <laughs> not too much longer. <laughs> Everybody having a good, uh, a good, uh, oh, the fall back. Y'all got to sleep. Y'all got to sleep. Okay, everybody ready? Okay, Hebrews 11. Um, my, uh, about, let me see, 20 years ago, I can't believe it's 20 years ago, I was a Pop Warner football coach for my son. And I coached uh, three years, two or three years. And the very first day of training camp, these kids were 10 years old. I didn't know any of them. I was over here at Mira Mason. I didn't know any of them. And this one kid, they were all hustling, but this one kid was just stood out as this very happy, motivated, motivating 10-year-old. And I was watching him. He was just busting it, busting it, busting it. And I said, yo, man, what's your name? He said, Evan. He had this real raspy voice. His name was Evan Love. And if Evan, you're, if you're watching me, I love you, man. He said, my name is Evan Love. I said, man, you, your name is Love? Okay. And I said, you know what I like about you? And as soon as I said like about you, he said, I'm good looking. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, no. <laughs> and he started, he said, I'm intelligent. He started going down the list of all these. Every time I said no, he would say something else. Like he knew all his good qualities. I said, no, no. I said, I like that you work hard. He said, that's right, coach. And he just kept working hard. And he was like that all the time, the whole time I was with him for two or three years. So later that year, on one of those years we were coaching, um, his birthday was in the middle of the season. So my wife and I got him this gift. Now, he was only about this tall, and the gift that we got him was like this big. So he's walking to his car with this big old box, and he's like, thanks, Coach, thanks, Coach. He got this big old cheeseburger smile, and he's walking back to his car. And, and, I, and as he turned to walk away from me, I said, hey, Evan. And he turned around with this big, gigantic box. I said, you know there's nothing in that box. <laughs> it was a joke. And he just looked at me. He said, that's okay, Coach. It's the thought that counts. And then he said, and you're a great coach. And he walked through his car. <laughs> when you give a gift, what's really important is the thought. When you give to the church, your money goes into the bank. But the motivation attached to your gift bears witness in heaven. And that motivation that bears witness in heaven, which is, bears witness in heaven, that witness in heaven unlocks, elicits a response from God to bear testimony over your life. Over these next few weeks, we're going to talk about the testimony, the testimony that God declares over your life based on the motivation of your giving. Uh, if you get out this green pamphlet, I just want to show this to you because this, this is what we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks. Every year we do this special all-in offering to fund things that we do over and above uh, our normal operating, our salaries, our turn on the lights. Uh, biblically, we're all supposed to tithe, which is a 10% uh, return to God. What is his? All the money we have is his. Can I get amen? And God says, I want you to tithe, which is 10% back for several reasons. One, to fund the ministry, but two, to have you practice to be like me. I'm a giver. And the tithe belongs to me. When you give the tithe to me, I bless the 90%. And what my blessing on the 90% is better than what you could do with the 100%. And so we give back. But what's over and above that, what's over and above that are offerings that go to special projects. And if you open up this green pamphlet, there's global ministries that we have. We have ministries all over the world. We have local outreaches. One of them, which you just saw, which is Toys for Joy, coming up on this, in December. We have things throughout the nation, inter, then internal uh, costs. And if you look on the right side of the pamphlet, and this is something, of course, you could take home, pray about it. In your D group, please discuss this. Um, we have local outreaches, Toys for Joy, homeless, prison ministry. We're trying to uh, remodel a, the chapel in one of the local prisons here. Uh, we have a dream center. We would love to get a warehouse and have a dream center here in San Diego where we can collect um, resources from Costco and Target that they can't sell and just funnel it through to people in need. So we're trying to get a warehouse for that. Glo hey, can I get amen? That's pretty cool. Amen. Uh, global outreaches, food and clean water for, educate for orphans around the world, digital evangelism. We get about 1,000 a, a people a day saved online, 45 cents a person. More money, more salvation. It's very simple. We're trying to get a new building for the, the San Ysidro campus. All the San Ysidro people are cheering right now. We're trying to get a building. And we have a building we're negotiating with. We haven't got an answer, but you can pray about that. And then equipping our church family, care and counseling, all the benevolence we do here. And so those are the kind of things that the money goes through. Our goal is $3.5 million. And if you look on the back of this pamphlet, it says, my all-in giving. Some of you give and God may prompt you to give 
over and above. Some of you may give, but you're not really tithing. God may prompt you, okay, I got to tithe. And some of you don't give at all. And this may be the time where you say, I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start being all in. And this is what we'll fill out on November 24th. Uh, So be praying about that. Again, you could talk about it in your D groups. Can I get amen? Amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. When you give a gift, there is a motivation attached to your gift. That motivation bears testimony in heaven a witness in heaven, and that witness unlocks a testimony over your life, God to declare something over your life. How many of you would love to be able to give in a way where God declares something powerful over your life that expands the kingdom of God? Can I get amen? In other words, it's not like, okay, here's my money and that's it. No, no, God, I am depositing something in the bank that, that <laughs> in the Old Testament when they would burn an animal, a sacrifice an animal to God, they would burn it and put it on the fire, and then God would not take the meat. They would eat the meat. God would enjoy the aroma. God wants to enjoy the aroma of your giving. Where you may give money, you may give time, you may give your heart, which is what we're going to do later on in the service. But really, what is the motivation in it? Let's, let's look at this. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Look what it says. Hebrews 11.1. 1. We're going to look at a little story about Adam and Eve's sons. This is the overview of the story. Hebrews chapter 11. It says... Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And then it says, verse 4, here's the focus. By faith. Everyone say, by faith. Everyone say, by faith. (laughs) You cannot please God without faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That means that you will always for the rest of your life be stepping into some form of darkness, some form of unknownness your whole life. And, and when you ask Christ to come into your heart, you're like, I don't understand how this works. I'm going to pray. I don't never seen God. I don't know what it means. He's going to forgive me. That's faith. But I trust him anyway because my life is jacked. And it's more painful to keep doing what I'm doing than to trust God. So I'm going to go to God. That's faith. Are you following what I'm saying? You never, 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 never get to a point where you know everything. And you never get to, this is how God, God is never going to ask you to do something where he tells you everything that's going to happen. That ain't never going to happen. Oh, God, I'll do it if. There ain't no if. Your if is I asked you. That's it. He told Abraham, Abraham, leave the country. Check us out. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12. He told Abraham, leave the country of your fathers and go to a place. And you know what the Bible says? That I'll show you later. Abraham said, no, no, no. Where are we going? No, no, no. I, I never get on. I, just, I got off a plane last night. I never get on a plane and I know where I'm going. Can you imagine getting on a plane? Uh, welcome to flight 734 Delta. Uh, and, and the flight is four hours and... Uh, we'll tell you where we're going when we get there. That ain't happening. <laughs> that ain't happening. He told Abraham, Abraham, leave your, everything you know and we're going to go someplace and just start walking. And I'll tell you when we get there. And Abraham said, I trust you. I trust you. So look what it says. By faith, Abraham offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than his brother Cain. Through which Abraham obtained a witness. Remember, you give a witness is established in heaven. That he was righteous. God testifying, made a testimony, testified of his gifts through it. He being dead, it is still ministering to us today. Turn to Genesis chapter 4. Let's read the story. For all you don't know, Genesis is the first book of the Bible. 
the first book of the Bible, Genesis is the beginning. Go all the way to the beginning. Don't go back. It's like we're going to drive to L.A. and then you go through Tijuana. <laughs> go north. Genesis 4. Adam and Eve's sons. Let's look at it. Let's read the story. Cain and Abel, they are two brothers and they both give sacrifice to God. One is going to bear a positive witness. One is going to bear a negative witness. One is going to have something declared over his life that's positive, And another one is going to have something declared over his life that's negative. You want to make sure your witness of your giving is positive. You can actually give and be rejected. Ladies, how many, of your, how many of your husbands ever said, or men, husbands, boyfriends, whatever, or him. <laughs> gave you something and you went, eh. Can I get amen? Amen. He, he, he went out and looked for it because he, he did something. And he went out and looked for it and, and he gave it to you and you went, eh. Because you knew what was behind it. Sometimes we give stuff to God and God goes, No. It's not good enough. You know, you ever hear someone say that God can do everything? God cannot do everything. God, one of the many things God can't do is be second. He won't be second. So he doesn't want to have a relationship where he's second. So look what it says. Chapter 4, verse 1. Adam knew his wife Eve. She conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again his brother Abel. Everyone say Cain. Say Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So one brings an offering, God says, I accept it. Another brings an offering and God says, I accept it. Now, Abel brought an offering of blood, Cain did not. There are offerings in the Bible that are, are, are not necessarily of blood. So that may not be why he didn't accept Cain's offering. The belief is that he, Cain gave an offering of faith. He had faith attached to it. I'm going to get to these boxes in a minute because we're going to illustrate this in a minute. Then look what happened. It says, verse 6, the Lord said to Cain, why are you tripping? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, if you do the right thing, will you not be accepted? If you just follow the rules and, 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 and trust me by faith, and if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Cain talked with his Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field. Cain rose up against his brother, his Abel, his brother, and killed him. This is the first murder in the Bible. This is the first act of worship in the Bible. He killed his brother. And by the way, he killed his brother because he was distant from God. You want to know why people murder? Because they have distance from God. You know why we fight? Because we have distance from God. Because if you are proximity to God, you are full of love and forgiveness and compassion for people. Do you know why you gossip? Because you're distant from God. <laughs> you know why you cheat? Because you're distant from God. You know why you act a fool and act a crazy? How many of y'all act a fool? And act, I'm just talking about you for yourself. How many of y'all act a fool? And act, some of y'all like, I don't act a fool. For real? For real? <laughs> Let's try that one more time. How many of y'all act a fool? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I act a fool. I act a fool. I was an idiot the other, the other night. I, I had something. I was in my bed. God said, you need, to, you need to repent. You need to say sorry to your wife right now, right now, right now. I was like. Rrr. 
well, what did you do? <laughs> None of your business. <laughs> Verse 9, the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? He says, I don't know, am I my brother's keeper? By the way, the idea of brother's keeper comes from right here. That verse. You all kind of brother keeper programs around the country. It says, verse 10, he says, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood. When you till the ground, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said, my punishment is more than I can bear. Surely you have driven me this day from the face of the ground. And it will happen that if anyone kills, and from your face, and if anyone kill, finds me, they will kill me. Number one in your notes, the motivation attached to your giving establishes a witness in heaven. I want you to look at these boxes. These boxes are the things that you give to God. Do not be deceived by the size of the box. Ladies, how many of you would love if your, if your man came up to you with a little tiny box? Can I get an amen? Y'all like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the size of the box don't matter. If he comes with this big old box, you know there ain't no jewelry in that bad boy. <laughs> you want something really small. Can I get an amen? So the size of the box don't matter. It don't matter to God either, the size of the box. So don't, don't be deceived, don't be misled. What matters is what is attached to the box. What motivation is attached to the box? Are you given out of faith? When you give to God, is it really what you prayed and God told you to give? Or is it what was easy? Or was it resentment? When you give, was it, were you cheerful? Dear God, I can't. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I had a tie, I was playing football. I was, I was making a little bit of money more. And, and I was making like $9,000 a game, which is like half a minimum now. But anyway, I had to give a, I had to give a tie. And I was like, I never even made this much money. I, I, didn't ma- I never made as much money as I was given. And I was like, I was trying to be cheerful. I have faith. And God bless. When you give, are you generous towards the poor or is it all about you? When you give, do you give out of fear of God? I don't mean scared of God. We're going to look at in a few weeks. Abraham gave, he gave his son, his own son. And the Bible says, now I know you fear me. Respect what that means. Okay, so when you give, the motivation attached to your gift is what God has in heaven. You may put something in the offering basket, but what happens is the aroma of it, what's in your heart goes to heaven. That's what God looks at. Say, well, look, God, I, I gave $100. I gave $5,000. Yeah, but you make $20 million. So that comes out to 0.00000%. This lady over here makes 2000 a month and she gave 15% because she heard me speak to her. And told him, I told her to trust me. So don't get caught up in the box. Look at what's attached to it. Can I get an amen? Now, the flip side is true also. What if you gave with guilt? Dear God, I just, I, I just feel so guilty. Everybody keeps handing those little green things in the, in, the, in the thing when the bucket goes by. And I'm sitting here, people are looking at me. So let me just put something in there. I'll just write, scribble on the thing and not even put any money in. I'll just put it in and put it back in my pocket. And just like, ah. Or I'm giving grudgingly. I'm like the munchkins on uh, 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 the Wizard of Oz. Don't do that. Because what God sees is not the money. He sees that. You give out of resentment. You got to regret. So 
What we want to help you, encourage you is that, Lord, when I give, I want my heart to be right. Whatever I'm going to put in that thing on, uh, every week, some of, you, some of you have been here and you say, I'm a Christian, this is my church, I hear this giving, but, but my, 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 I'm saved, but my wallet isn't. The Holy Spirit hasn't made its way back to my wallet. <laughs> you need to think about that. Because there are some people who come for a long time and they never give. And they're just stealing from God. Stealing, stealing, stealing. Robbing God. Read Malachi. Stealing. I'm just going to take the air. I'm going to take, take in all the sights. The music's great. The sermon, I laugh. And I, and, I, and I just, God bless me, bless me. And God's like, but what, what, about, what about being obedient? Oh, no, no, God. I just want you to bless me. It's all about me. No, it's not. It's about Jesus. So, number two, the witness. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. The witness attached to your giving, the witness or motivation attached to your giving unlocks, elicits a response from God, a testimony of God's purpose on your life. This is, this is watch this, watch this. If you give a faith, and this is just examples. He would deem you righteous and hero of God. When he said to Abraham, uh, Abel, he says Abel gave a faith. I mean, Abel gave because of faith. Abel's listed in the heroes of the faith in Hebrews 11. Because Abel gave a faith, He's one of my guys. As a matter of fact, even though Abel's still dead, he's still ministering because his story and his testimony is still ministering to us today. Thus, we are talking about him today in a positive light. When you give up faith, God declares something over your life. And what he declared for Abel was that Abel was righteous. In other words, he says, Abel, because I accept you, you could stand in my presence. How many of y'all want to stand in God's presence and be, have the favor of God in your life? Hey, every day when I pray, I get up, when I get up in the morning, we just finished a series called The Courtrooms of Heaven. The Courtrooms of Heaven are, uh, it's basically a courtroom of heaven where your prayers are litigated against the devil and God. You have to get the series. So I go to court every day and I face the judge, God. I am covered. I am the mediator. Jesus Christ brings me into the presence of God. The Holy Spirit guides me to the court. And you can get a whole series. But when I go to pray, I say, God, I, I, I realize that you love me. And I'm not standing before you judged and guilty. And by the way, if there is stuff I've done, please forgive me. And I lay my life down afresh before you. I want to stand before God. And God says, this is my son whom I am well pleased. This is my daughter who I am well pleased. Can I get amen? And so you don't want to come to God and say, hey, God, please bless my business. And, and the devil say, but they don't give. They're not generous. God, they're going to just use it on all selfish gain. That's not what the Bible says. That's not the relationship you want to have. And so your witness will elicit, unlock a response. If you are giving by faith, God says, oh, you are righteous. That's what he told Abel. If you give it the fear to God, we're going to look at this in a few weeks. God will bless you and have favor on your life. That's the testimony, his declaration over your life. If you give generously to the poor, we're going to see this. God will anoint you. In other words, the power of God will rest on your life, like anointing someone with oil, you, are, you anoint them with the power of God. The, the Holy Spirit will rest upon your life. If you are a cheerful giver, say cheerful giver. We, when, we do, when we do the offering, we, we should clap for the offering. And then, <laughs> oh, there you go, God. Do it and just hook me up, God. Come on. <laughs> Not. 
God will bless you bountifully. How many of y'all want to be blessed bountifully? Oh, yeah. How many of y'all want to... How many of y'all want to be blessed? Oh, let me say this. I want God to hug me up. Okay? I'm for real. I want God to hook me up. How many of y'all want God to hook you up? Okay, very good. Then obey him. It's not complicated. Flip side. If you give out of guilt, for example, he may resent you. Give grudgingly. He will bless you sparingly. Some of you work, 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 and there's a hole in your account. You just can't. You make even make more money, and then and then more bills, or you make more money and you have more money in the bank, but you're not happy. It's all about this. Your focus is on the money, not God. And then some of y'all will lose your job. I meet people all the time, in Cal- especially in California. I don't know. I don't get California. I came here, I, I'm from New York, and I came in, and in the middle of the day, people just drive around convertibles, surfing. <laughs> I'm like, don't people got jobs? I mean, what are, and I mean people, oh, yeah, I just lost my job three months ago. I'm just kind of hanging out, see what's going to happen. How is that possible? God. <laughs> and, and I literally will ask people, how are you making it? And they'll go, ah, you know, God, just take care of me. It's like, hey, what does that mean? <laughs> You give out of resentment. You experience bitterness. You give out of regret. You feel manipulated. God declares something over you. He, you, know what, you know what happened to Cain? Cain did not give out of faith. You know what God said? I reject you. And your offering. Don't do that to me. This is what God's saying. Don't, ladies, imagine you're getting married the night before your wedding. And you talk to your fiancé, and he says, look, 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 we've been together, you know, 90 days and everything's cool. <laughs> I think it's going to be okay. I think it's going to be okay. I just need to let you know that, you know, before I met you, which was 90 days ago, uh, I had another girl who I was with for 120 days. But I decided to marry you instead of her. But I told her because I was only with you 90 days, that I was still going to see her on the side. Is that Okay. Now, if, if, if you're a woman here and that's okay with you, say amen. I didn't think so. You know what God says? I don't want to be second. I can't be second. I don't want to have a relationship with you where you feel manipulated by me. I don't want to have a relationship with you where you feel you have to do this against your will. I want you to trust me. That's the only relationship I want to have with you. And I want you to trust me. And here's, here's the cool thing. When I declare something over your life, and I ask you to do something, and then I declare something in your life, I want you to watch me do it. In other words, if you are faithful to God in every area of your life, and he declares you righteous, he declares you blessed and favored, I want you to look for the blessing. Because he wants to motivate you to keep obeying him because he, you, you as his child, he loves, he wants you to be happy, he wants you to be blessed, and he wants you to be holy all at the same time. 
And so as you walk with God, it's not like, okay, here's my money, leave me alone. Here's, here's my service, leave me alone. No, no, no. It's a, it's a relationship where you and your daddy are walking together and he's declaring favor over your life, opening doors of opportunity over your life, acknowledging your faithfulness, your sacrifice, your struggle, and, and, and he's blessing you every single day. And as you watch that, you grow closer and closer to him and you trust him more and more and more. So number one, your, the motivation attached to your giving establishes a witness in heaven. The witness unlocks a testimony, by the way. That testimony is part of his eternal plan over your life anyway. Because God has blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. But you're just going to experience them a little bit at a time. So as you, you establish a positive witness, he unlocks a little bit of his, the plan that he's had for you already. And then the third thing, that when you come into agreement with that testimony, that declaration, yes, Lord, I am blessed. Yes, Lord, you are blessing me. You, you have my faith. You are giving me your favor. And you walk into that. God empowers you to fulfill your kingdom purpose. This is not about taking your money. It's not about taking your time, taking your resources. It's about you walking into your kingdom destiny and your kingdom purpose and fulfilling your purpose. And part of that is praying. Part of that is reading the Bible. Part of that is memorizing scripture. But part of that is actually giving. My encouragement to you in this series is that you accept that God wants to bless you when you give to even multiply the blessings on your life. It's better to give than receive. Why? Because when you give, you get something even better than what you gave. Because you can outgive God. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was talking to a friend of mine years ago, and, he, and he, was, he was sharing one of his, I had a nonprofit before I started the church, and he was sharing his donor with me. And I said to him, why are you introducing me to your donor? He goes, hey, brother, you can't outgive God. And I was like, huh? He says, if he blesses you, God's going to bless me, and then I get to bless somebody else. It was a whole... Let me tell you something. The, the philosophy of the world is I'm, going, I'm trying to get paid. The, the philosophy of heaven is I'm trying to be a blessing. <laughs> but the, but, but, and so when God gives me, he's given me to be a blessing. Now, by the way, to be blessed and to be a blessing at the same time. Because one plus one with God is four. Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken up. And running over will be blessed, will be placed in your bosom. With the measure you use, it will be measured back to you and then some. Listen, in a minute we're going to pray. There are some of you that you need to give God your heart. <laughs> Not because oh, I just got to give my God my heart. That you're going to give your God your heart. And attached to your gift of your heart is faith. Attached to the gift of your heart is hope. Attached to the gift of your heart is trust. In other words, you're going to say, God, here's my heart. I trust you. Here's my heart. I have faith that you have a better plan for my life than I have. Here's my heart. I honor you. Here's my heart. I have fearful respect of you. Because I've been coming to church, I've been doing my thing, and, but I've never really given my heart to you. I've been giving a little bit in my head, a little bit in my attendance, but I haven't given my heart. And so in a minute, we're going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to give your heart to Jesus. Now, when you give your heart to him, just remember that you want to give your heart to him. With this attached to it, faith. You want to give your heart to him. With this attached to it, the fear of God or the respect of God. This is not fearful being scared. This is respect. You want to give your heart cheerfully. Lord, 
I am so excited for what you are going to do in my life. April 12, 1984, I was doing cocaine all night. It was at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I said, and I was so beat down from life. And I said, I'm going to give my heart to Jesus. And I know he's going to do something amazing. People give their life to Jesus when you realize that following the devil any longer will be worse than giving your heart to God. The sooner you realize that, the better. So I'm going to ask all of y'all to bow your heads and close your eyes and just listen very carefully. Dear Lord, I thank you so much that you are so loving that whenever we obey you, we always end up on the better end of the, on the good end of the stick. You always bless us more than we can bless you. So when we serve you, we end up getting blessed. When we give to you, we end up getting blessed. When we trust you, we end up getting blessed. And when we give our heart to you, our life ends up getting blessed. And it's like that because you love us. It's not complicated. You love us. We always think we have to deserve something or try to earn it or pay you back, but it can't work that way in heaven. We can never repay you. If you would like to give your heart to God with trust attached to it, faith attached to it, honor attached to it, because you believe that God loves you and that he sent his son Jesus to die for you and rise from the dead. If you're saying, yes, Lord, I want to offer you my heart and I want you to see that I'm doing it because I love you. And I believe you could do better with my life than I can do with my life. I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. It's a simple prayer acknowledging God's love for you and your faith in him. So in the privacy of your heart, if you would like to surrender your heart to God, just pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I surrender my heart to you. And I attach to my gift, my heart, faith, trust, honor, love. I believe you sent Jesus to die for me. I believe he rose from the dead. I believe you love me. So I surrender as an offering my heart. I pray you acknowledge my faith. I pray you acknowledge my trust. I pray you acknowledge my humility. Forgive me. Receive me. Accept me. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand up and acknowledge in public that you gave your heart to Jesus. Some of you are doing this for the first time. Some of you, you may be confused whether you accepted Christ before or not and you're just making sure. And some of you, you've done this before but you've walked away, drifted away. So if you pray that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand. And as you stand, if you want your friend, 
someone in your family to stand with you, just tap them on the shoulder, grab their hand, and have them stand with you. Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before man, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. This is an opportunity for us to demonstrate our faith with God, our faith in God, our trust of God. So if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand on the count of three. And if you want your friend, family member to stand with you, just let them know. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you.